Welcome to Liquor and Liqueur Connoisseur, where I drink, discuss, and discover the world of distilled spirits. I'm your host, Matt Burchard. This is episode 8, and I'm drinking Jafar Mom Pastille. If you're a new listener, you should know that Liquor and Liqueur Connoisseur has been created for me to keep a New Year's resolution to myself, and that's simply to drink more. I really enjoy the flavors of liquors and liqueurs, and so I'm exploring them with you, my listeners, and this podcast is a great way for me to kind of have an excuse to drink more. So off we go. That's why I am doing this. But as a listener, you should expect that I'll be well-researched and educational, hopefully entertaining and also consistent. In planning for this episode, I was thinking about origins. I remembered that I've been privileged to experience some famous cocktails in the bars or restaurants where they were invented or first served. The grasshopper in particular came to mind. That drink owes its existence to Jafar Montpastille. Though this French liqueur is unlikely to have been the original ingredient in the grasshopper, the grasshopper would not exist if this liqueur did not. So, I'll tell you the story. But first, let's open this bottle. I've got a one liter, is the size it's sold in here. It is 24% alcohol by volume, making it 48 proof. And it sells locally for about $33, tax included. So let's crack it open. It's got a nice uh, metal screw cap. Oh, and it has a uh, plastic kind of the, the anti-splash guard, I guess is what you call that, or the little plastic molded pour spout thing so it doesn't just come slopping out. I'll be tasting using a nosing glass as I always do and that's a kind of a tulip shaped glass used primarily in whiskey and scotch enjoyment that allows the aromas to gather at the top so you can get a good nosing of the spirit but I use that for all of the liquors and liqueurs that I try. I also taste them neat at room temperature. This I am told will benefit from being served on the rocks but I'm going to try it just straight out of the bottle first. So let's pour some. It's rather viscous as it pours. Might be the little plastic pour spout thing in the neck. I'll say just pouring it, it smells like peppermint patties, like York peppermint patties, just pure peppermint. Oh, and yeah, when you take a good whiff in the glass... Yeah, it's not, uh, you get a, you get some of the, almost like a menthol pickup. I don't know if I'm getting, if it's the alcohol or the mintiness that I'm kind of catching in my nose. Probably a combination of the two. Yeah, there's nothing, nothing about it that is offensive. It's very clean. Yeah, peppermint. So let's give it a taste. Hmm. Very peppermint. You can get some menthol from it. Nice warming, probably a combination of the uh, alcohol and the menthol kind of mintiness of it. This tastes exactly like a peppermint patty. It's suitably sweet. Uh, You don't really get a lot of alcohol burn from it. If anything, you might uh, register the sensation as more of the, the mintiness or the menthol from the peppermint. But it's very good. And I guess it kind of fits my personal palate profile. I like uh, minty things. I like sweet things. It is crystal clear as well. Um, Not much with regards to sort of the alcohol tears or legs in the glass, but it is crystal clear. There's no color to it at all. 
And I must say, just at room temperature, straight out of the bottle, bottle proof, not diluted with any mixer or any ice, it's very pleasant. So I'm going to enjoy it just straight like this for the rest of the episode while I drink and uh, discuss. Mom Pastille, the story, the history of this, and before I go too far, I should apologize if I mispronounce French throughout, as this is a French liqueur, it has a French name. Mom Pastille, for an English speaker, would usually be pronounced as like menthe. It's uh, the French spelling of the word mint. Uh, and then Pastille references a small type of mint candy that was popular at the time when this liqueur was invented. And the label actually tells the brief story that I'll expand upon a bit, but I'll just kind of quote the back of the bottle because it's always nice. It's sort of like the, the lyrics or the liner notes uh, you would get on music back in the day when you weren't downloading and you bought physical media. But here's what the label says. In the scorching hot summer of 1885, Emile Jaffard, at the time a dispensing pharmacist in the town of Angers, France, founded the Jaffard Distillery. His aim was to create a product for his customers that was at once refreshing and delicious. Using oil extracted from Mitcham peppermint leaves, Emile created a clear, refined mint liqueur, naming it Mon Pastille, after the mint candies popular at the time. After finding instant success with the locals, he converted his pharmacy into a distillery. Four generations later, the Jafar family continues to use his secret recipe to create each bottle of Mom Pastille. So that's the story on the label, but as a pharmacist, Jafar was said to also be an inventive and inquiring mind. He had taken an interest into the digestive and refreshing properties of mint, likely aiming for a digestif, which uh, mint works quite well for this purpose. The origin story is also often elaborated on to say that Jafar tested his new liqueur on customers at the Grand Hotel in his hometown, and that's where it became a roaring success. So I guess he used hotel patrons as guinea pigs. Jafar is a fourth-generation family-run company. It's still headquartered in the same town where it was founded way back in 1885, Brother and sister Bruno and Edith Jafar currently oversee operations with Mom Pastille as the flagship product that started it all. While Mom Pastille is the flagship product, it's far from the only one. The distillery currently makes more than 50 liqueurs with a wide variety of fruit flavors that are quite interesting, and I'm going to have to feature some other products of theirs in the future. But they also have more than 70 non-alcoholic cocktail syrups in an ever-expanding line. They've found that really helps for making mocktails and as good flavor agents without the alcohol. Their global distribution also seems to be expanding, and I have the Back Bar Project, LLC, out of Seattle, Washington, to thank as the U.S. distributor for this bottle that I'm trying. The Back Bar Project was only founded in 2012, and prior to that, I'm not sure if Mom Pastille was available stateside or not. Jafar still makes Mom Pastille in the town where it was invented, but now they grow their own mint. The mint used is the Mitcham variety, and it's apparently a cross between spearmint and watermint. Watermint being a wild mint that is uh, spicy and has a powerful flavor. Mitchum also contains high levels of menthol, which gives you the cooling, refreshing taste kind of feeling that you get, the mintiness, essentially. They harvest the mint just before the flowers bloom. 
and immediately after it's harvested, they do a steam distillation to extract the essential oils from the leaves. It's not alcoholic distillation, it's a similar process to like perfume making or any kind of essential oil extraction process. So it's a steam distillation to basically leach the oils off of the plant. And once they have the mint oil, they blend it with sugar and a neutral grain spirit to give it the alcohol, and likely a few other hints of flavor for the secret family recipe. Because Jafar, being a family company, it is like many liquors in the Coors, it's a secret recipe, and that's what makes liquors in the Coors so unique and wonderful, is though you can have similar products made by different manufacturers, everybody's got their own secret but after they've blended to the secret family recipe, the resulting spirit is filtered, and then they rest it in a stainless steel tank for some time. Resting is a common practice with liqueur production. It allows kind of flavors to mellow and sort of round out so that, uh, you know, they, they can commingle appropriately. And after they've rested, then Mom Pastille is bottled. And this is an award-winning spirit as well. The label lists the earliest award a medal they got in Barcelona in 1888. Uh, the website lists some from just a few years ago. So from nearly inception to the present day, it's been award-winning. They also had some great advertising in the 20th century, kind of early 20th century when advertising posters in Europe were all the rage. They had some notable ones. There's a poster featuring a man in the mouth of a whale and the teeth of the whale spell out Montpastille. So it's quite interesting. I'll see if I can link to it. It's on the Montpastille Facebook page and I'll see if I can share that with my listeners. So this liqueur paved the way for a generic liqueur to be created. Much like an episode one with Midori, it's the sort of original, but now you can get melon liqueur. Montpastille is the original creme de menthe, or creme de menthe if you pronounce it the French way. The creme part of creme de menthe doesn't refer to a dairy cream. Rather, it's a reference to the kind of consistency due to the sugar added to the liqueur. You get a nice kind of viscosity, and I noticed that when I was pouring it as well. So that's the reason that you have a, in English, we would call it a cream of mint or creme de mint. The creme in French refers to sort of the viscosity of the spirit, the fact that it's sugary. Montpastille, though the original, is classified as a white creme de menthe, and that's because it is clear. So you'll have like a white whiskey will be just simply clear. It doesn't have color. At some point, likely early in its origination, somebody thought to color it green because green and mint go quite well together. So commercially, you can get white creme de menthe and green creme de menthe, the only difference really being the color. The green is usually artificially colored with a food safe food coloring, though you can naturally color it with uh, mint leaves and stuff, but it's likely not anywhere near as vibrant green as what you would get from the artificials. So cocktails. But before I get to that, I gotta <laughs> I gotta fill my glass again. This is enjoyable and low proof, so that's a good thing. Right, get topped up there. So I mentioned at the beginning of this episode that the grasshopper cocktail owes its existence to Mon Pastille, and that is true because it created the category of creme de mint. 
And at the risk of sort of violating one of my tenets of being consistent in this episode, I am going to talk quite a bit about this cocktail, the Grasshopper, more than I have on prior episodes, but I think it's warranted and it's a good story nonetheless. The Grasshopper is a second place cocktail from a second place restaurant. The funny bit of the origin story is that it was also invented by the second owner of the restaurant where it is currently served and the claim to fame. The Grasshopper was invented by Philip Goucher in 1918. As I mentioned, was the second owner of restaurant and bar in the French Quarter of New Orleans known as Toujacs. And Toujacs is a French last name of the founders of the restaurant. And Toujacs is the second oldest restaurant and bar in New Orleans. So it's not the first, it's second. Uh, However, it is very old. It opened in 1856, making it more than 160 years old. But in 1918, the Grasshopper was created for a cocktail competition in New York City, where it famously came in second. But as the tale is recounted on the Tujacs website, the Grasshopper has remained a winner at their establishment ever since. The recipe for the Grasshopper varies wildly depending on who you ask. Originally, though, it purportedly was equal parts creme de mint, creme de cacao, and cream. So it's a mint chocolate cream drink. Ingredients are shaken with ice and then served in a flute or a chilled cocktail glass. And I'm quite certain that Montpastille was not the original liqueur used in the creation of the grasshopper. I know this because Montpastille is clear. Montpastille has always been clear. And a grasshopper famously is green. So it's using green creme de mint, also some white creme de mint oftentimes, white creme de cacao, and depending on how it's made, there's also some brandy float, but there'll be cream and milk, and again, there's a wide variety of recipes now. I'll provide a link to several great variations on the grasshopper. Notably, in the 50s and 60s, it gained some fame by having ice cream used into it, so it's kind of a frozen concoction with real ice cream, as well as some alcohol added, so it'd be a great dessert But if we go back to the source, the Tujacs, and you look at their recipe, I've seen a recipe that they published that called for Bowles brand liqueurs, though I think they're kind of nonspecific when they make them. My inspiration for this episode, of course, was the fact that I've had a grasshopper at Tujacs. I live in Portland, Oregon, which is many hours by plane away from New Orleans, but in April of 2017, I was in the city for a good friend's wedding. My wife and I had the opportunity to take a cocktail tour, a walking tour of the city, and I have to tell you, Gray Line Tours is well worth the money to do the walking cocktail tour. One of the stops, of course, was Tujacs because they created the Grasshopper and it's a really old bar, second oldest in town. So uh, we, of course, ordered up a pair of Grasshoppers. I'll post a photo that we took in 2017 where I'm making a stupid face. I'd I'd call it my sort of slack-jawed yokel look, Uh, just something different I'd do. But that seems to be the only photo of me looking like a fool with the Grasshoppers at Tujacs. So I'll share that on our social media channels. I recall it being hot in April in New Orleans and the drink was not as cold as I would have preferred and I also found that the original Tujacs Grasshopper was a little cream heavy. Too much heavy cream for my tastes. It just was really thick. I would have preferred more of a lighter spirit drink but I guess uh, you know if they invented it they can make it the way that they prefer. 
One last little fun tangent about Tujox that I recall from our tour guide, a delightful retired gentleman who just seemed to take tourists on tours of his local bars because he was a New Orleans native. And he told us something about Tujox that I found far-fetched, but I have since verified that this may indeed have been true. And what I'm referring to is Two Shocks is a stand-up bar, meaning there's no bar stools. It was a men's-only establishment for a good portion, decades of its origination. When it was first founded in 1856, they did move to a different space, so the actual bar itself doesn't date to 1856. Uh, They moved from their original location just a couple doors down. But anyway, needless to say, it was a stand-up bar with no bar stool, men-only. And apparently... At a stand-up bar full of men, if you're there drinking beer or cocktails and you needed to relieve yourself, the way you did that was simply open your fly and pee on the bar. That sounds terrible and disgusting, but apparently it was a thing. Prior to Prohibition, a lot of stand-up bars had what was referred to as a flow-through spittoon, which was basically a trough with a spigot at one end and a drain at the other, and it was used as a spittoon, and it was also used as a urinal. So that (laughs) you would just drink and pee, and apparently you never had to leave. This died out for obvious reasons. Primarily having women in the bar, men no longer felt like they could just urinate at the bar, but the footrest may pay homage to the trough. And apparently there's about five or six bars in the country that still have a functioning flow-through spittoon, though I am sure they would chase you out of there if you actually peed in it these days. So enough of that. Hopefully I haven't put you off too much with the urination discussions and uh, old bar habits. But uh, what do I think of Jafar Pastille? I think it's great. It literally just tastes like drinking peppermint patty. It's just pure mint. The alcohol does not get to you. I mean, you can tell it's alcoholic, but not much. This is also a hallmark of Jafar's production method. As they say on their website, they really want to just bottle the flavor of what they're producing. So if it's berries, they want the liqueur to taste just like berries. And in the case of Mom Pastille... It tastes like peppermint. Also, if you're going to get a creme de mint and price isn't much of an object, go with the original. Go with the best. Sure, you can get yourself, you know, a fifth for six bucks off the bottom shelf that's glowing green. But, uh, you know, for several notches up, you can get yourself the original. I'd argue that all creme de mint should be measured against Jafar Pastille because this is the original. They invented it. Uh, You know, Wikipedia says so. Anybody you ask says that this is the original creme de mint. So that's going to do it for this episode of Liquor and Liqueur Connoisseur. I'm your host, Matt Burchard. Please subscribe and share. Show notes are on Liquor and Liqueur Connoisseur. You can also find the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, pretty much wherever you get your podcasts. The show is also on social media. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook, also Twitter, but Instagram and Facebook are where I post most of the photos. Also, leave me your feedback, and if I've totally butchered your native language, please let me know. Also, I'm looking for the next liquors or liqueurs to try, so let me know what you like. And thank you for listening.